Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Even the people who love us the most, they actually set the limit for us and they say sky is the limit without realizing the sky is nothing but a figment of our imagination. We create these limits for ourselves. Naveen, how are you? Hi, Rob. It's amazing to see your face here. I've been listening to your voice for a while. (laughs) Thank you, Naveen. It was a pleasure being on the Clubhouse Room with you a few days ago. I want to say a massive thank you for you giving your time here today. We've got many young entrepreneurs who are so excited to listen to you. First of all, I want to thank you, Rob, and I want to thank every single entrepreneur who is in the room here listening to you that, you know, to some extent, the fact you give your time here that tells you that you're ready to actually do something. That means the first step you took is to take action to be here. And thank you, Rob, for organizing this. My pleasure. My pleasure. I love doing this stuff. The only downside is I'm not with my family today. But other than that, I, I love it. So, Naveen. Think back to when you were 18 years old. What do you wish you knew about entrepreneurship when you were 18? Well, honestly, it doesn't really matter what I knew at 18 years old because every single mistake that I made is exactly what made me who I am today. So to me, it doesn't matter where you are in life, what is your past, how many mistakes you have made, and I, you know, you go back and wish you did something differently. And my answer is no, you do not want to change one single thing that happened to you. You label them good, you label them bad, it didn't matter what you label them. The fact is you are here today ready to take action. And you, as long as you just love to fall in love with yourself, just get ready to fall in love with yourself. And I don't mean to be self-conceited. Rob, you and I talked about it. It's just not looking for someone else's approval for you to be doing things you want to do. So get comfortable under your skin. You don't need to look like them. You don't need to talk like them. You don't need to have the same education. What you need is just another one of you who is willing to dedicate the life to doing something that will help millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people's life better. So when you're younger, getting approval from your friends, from parents, you know, your parents want you to be this profession, doctor, (laughs) dentist, lawyer. So what could you say to both young entrepreneurs and parents about that approval and finding the right path for our young entrepreneurs? Because we have parents yeah, I, and young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. listening. Yeah, and I think that's really, really interesting. And I think uh, the best I can do is to probably relate a story, my conversation with my daughter when she was 16 years old. And uh, and by the way, I did document this whole story uh, in ink. So if you uh, just type in my name, Naveen Jain daughter, you would hear that story. Uh, so this is literally how it happened. So one day my daughter uh, comes to me and said, Dad, I know you love science and technology. I want nothing to do with it. 
I have <laughs> found my passion and I'm going to go pursue that. Now, as a father, I could have easily said, honey, whatever is your passion, I'm going to help you pursue that. Now, that is no different than my saying, look, I just don't have time. Do whatever the hell you want, right? Instead, I did something different. I looked at her and said, sweetie, you're too young to have a passion. You need to let dad do his job. And she looks at me and says, what is dad's job? And I said, dad's job is to expose you to as many things as possible so you know what exists in the world because today you're making the decision based on what you know today and not what is also possible. So she said, "That what would you like me to do? And I said, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> what I would like you to do would be, I want you to go to Singularity University and I want you to simply go there for a couple of months and learn about uh, genetics, learn about neuroscience. I want you to learn about artificial intelligence. I want you to learn about all the exponential technologies, where they are and where they are going. And then, and she said, dad, you know what she did first thing? She rolled her eyes. So this whole story is about a teenage daughter rolling her eyes. She <laughs> rolls her eyes and looks at me and says, dad, did you hear a word of what I just told you? I have no interest in science and technology. So now, as a dad, I, I got to find a way to get through to her. And I said, all right, sweetie, here is what we're going to do. If you give me your word, you're going to go and go there for at least four weeks with an open mind, wanting to like and wanting to learn. And here is my promise back to you. When you come back, now I have done my job of exposing you to think you get to decide what you want to do with your life. And I will support you and question. She said, Dad, if you give me that, your word, I'll go there. She goes there. She comes back four weeks later. She, first thing, she opens the door and said, Dad, I have now found exactly what I want to do. <laughs> and my first word I remember was, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so I said, Sweetie, tell me what would you like to do? She said, Dad, I've decided I'm going to either be a, a genetist or neuroscientist. I took a double take and I said, at the risk of you changing your mind, would you tell me what just happened here? She said, Dad, you're so dumb. I'm in high school. I go look at this science and stuff. I mix things. It changes color. I'm doing all these science stuff. I'm thinking how it is going to do anything for me, how it's going to change the lives of the people I care about. You know I care about women. I care about girls. And now I realize when I went to Singularity University that how could I improve girls' health if I don't understand how their health works. How can I improve their health if I don't know how their brain works? So I am going to use, now remember, science and technology as a tool for me to do what I really care about. And now I realize it's science and technology is not my destination. It is a tools in my tool chest so I can go out and do what I want to do. Now that little girl went to Stanford, became a Stanford STEM fellow, and went and started work for a company that actually removed the gender bias in hiring using artificial intelligence. She quit six months ago and now just started a company on women's health. Now, imagine that. The girl who said she had no interest in that. <laughs> if I had done what most parents would do to say, just do what you want to do, I'll pursue a passion. Not only she would have never found her true calling in her life, world would have missed out on a great entrepreneur who, could have, who is solving massive problem for 50% of our society called women.
And that to me is a trick that as a father, your job is to expose them. Don't take an easy way out and say, let them do what they want. Because unless they don't know what else is possible, how could they possibly make decision at the 16 year age? So long answer to your short love question, it. but that's really wonderful. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you, Naveen. Right. Let's, let's dig into Naveen Jane's mind. So what are some moonshot exponential Naveen Jane entrepreneurial traits? Oh my God. So, I think all, every single person, if you want in life to actually make an impact for yourself, ask yourself every day when you wake up in the morning, are you better off today? In, are you intellectually uh, uh, more enabled today than you were yesterday? Have you really improved emotionally, intellectually, or spiritually every single day? So my traits are the constant curiosity. It doesn't matter what the subject is. I want to know what it means. And it's really amazing that I read about the things that have nothing to do what I'm currently doing. But guess what happens? Every time you read about something, it's another dot in your tool chest. And someday when you get enough of the dots, you say, you know what? Now I can solve this problem that was never solvable before. And, you know, I look at this stuff like in... Uh, in quantum dots, how you are able to actually use quantum dots to be able to shine a UV light and to be able to detect whether the organism is a virus or a bacteria. And you know, I kept thinking, could you actually use that technology so to reduce the use of antibiotics, right? And guess what happened? I was just reading last week, there is a company that came out out of Israel that is doing a COVID test, a five-minute COVID test, simply attaching a tool to the camera, you spit on it and it tells you, are you do you have a, a SARS-CoV-2 or do you have actually the SARS-CoV-2 virus or not? Simply using a quantum dot with a, a photo. I mean, imagine. So my point is, reading about that was not really interesting. Reading about quantum dots was what it can be applied to what I care about. And literally every single thing I do is constantly looking at the technology that are completely outside the industry, how they're going to impact the things that I'm working on. And it's really interesting thing, Rob, that I think most young entrepreneurs want to think about is that many of us, if I am in healthcare, we attend the healthcare conference. If I am in manufacturing, I attend the manufacturing conference. And guess what happens? That everybody is asking the same question. Mm. Everybody's thinking the same way. Everybody is really going in the same direction. Guess what? The disruption is going to come outside your industry the companies that you never thought will be disrupting. So the future of healthcare is not going to be disrupted by current pharmaceutical company. Pick a name you want. It's going to be disrupted by some data company who is going to say, I now understand every bit of thing that's happening inside your body. And you're literally your human body, if you can digitize it, you can actually solve the problem of every single disease. And it's going to come from companies like Wyom. It's going to come from companies like Google. It's going to come from companies that just understand the power of massive amount of data. And healthcare guys are stuck in their trial and error. I give something to someone, I test it on 10,000 people. God, it worked on 2,000 people. Let's go get the approval. They have no idea why it didn't work for 8,000 people, but they get their approval and they sell the drug. And what happens to the 8,000 people? They take the drug and they're harmed by it and they don't benefit. Instead, what if 
you can personalize that for each individual, that it's going to work for every individual and it's a different, different drug that you take. And that is really the future that I think is going to be possible. Thank you, Naveen. I'd love to talk about your mission in, in a moment. Um, but I am absolutely fascinated by the advantages that young entrepreneurs have. Because I think when you're young, you can look at more experienced people like yourself and say, it's all right for Naveen because he's done this and that and he's got experience. But surely youth has some advantage. Do you think so? And what is that advantage? Oh, my God. I, I mean, I, I tell you what, I mean, I, we have three children, as you know, and all three of them are, in fact, doing things that sometimes I look and say, why can't I do that? Right. I mean, my 30 year old son is on to his fourth company. And he's 30 year old. And, you know, at 30 year old, I hadn't even started my first company. And he's going out and doing things that were never possible before, right? I mean, never possible before. So he's going out and disrupting health, the senior care. He's disrupting the housing industry, right? And he's, he's young 30 year olds, right? And the reason they have advantages, they have figured out the power of organizing and getting their ideas across to millions of people. People like us, I mean, I, you obviously are Rob. I mean, you are young. You figured out the power of things like Clubhouse before. It's like, what is a Clubhouse? Why would I want to go to a club? <laughs> I'm married. I'm happy. <laughs> that my point was young people actually were using Pinterest when I was like, when Pinterest blew up and it's like, what the hell is a Pinterest? Why would people post pictures there, right? And the point is <clears throat> the young people actually understand how to take their message and get that across to millions of people. They're able to, in fact, create communities that we never thought was possible. And secondly, <clears throat> the cost of making a mistake when you're young is substantially smaller than cost of making a mistake when you're older. Mm -hmm. Today, you're young. You don't have families to worry about. Guess what? You can take massive amount of audacious ideas and experiment. So let me give you one thing that most people have not ever probably seen. Entrepreneurship is not about starting a company. And by the way, this is this is literally what my daughter told me. So I, you know, she's starting this company, and I said, <clears throat> I call her my doll. I said, Doll, how are you going to build this company? And she looks at me and said, Dad, entrepreneurship is not about starting a company. It is about experimenting enough times to figure out if there is a company. Think about that for a second, what she said. She said, my job is to try out enough ideas to figure out if their company even exists here or not, not to create a company. Company will be created once I figure out what actually works. Then I go out and create a company. So I am not creating any company right now. I'm just experimenting with 10 ideas to see what would work. And that is the trick. I mean, I actually, I would have never, I mean, having been an entrepreneur for now 30 plus years, I did not have that clarity of thought that she has. And now she's 25, 25. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great. So do you have any stories of young people that inspire you? So is there someone out there that you've seen is doing amazing work and they're young that you could tell us about? Oh, my God. I mean, you look at all the people who are today at the top of their game. They are half my age. <laughs> I'm six. <laughs> so you look at uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he's probably half my age. <laughs> you look at the Google guys. They're all these guys you're looking at. They are really young entrepreneurs. Now, in all seriousness, I am actually amazed by some of the most clever ideas 
that are coming out of the young people because they are really rethinking the industries that uh, we saw as granted. And that's really the power of thinking uh, from outside in. So it's not about thinking outside the box, it's thinking inside a completely different box. So when young people are looking at a problem, they are challenging. They're saying, why does it have to be done this way? And as you get older, you just assume this is how things are done. And you don't even ever stop to say, wait a sec, why do you even need a chair? I mean, it's like, uh, what do you mean you don't need a chair? Well, we have a standing desk. Oh, I see. <laughs> my point I'm trying to make is that it is some, I mean, they just obviously dumb example, but my point I'm trying to make is taking every single thing between you and I and taking for that we have taken for granted to be challenged, right? Now, if you look at most people, when things are happening, look at them as a problem. And I think uh, COVID is a great example. People got paralyzed that COVID happened. And there are great entrepreneurs who say, oh, amazing. Now I have a chance to build a company that would have never been possible. And you, I don't know if you know or not, this company called Hopin, literally started in uh, less than 12 months ago, just at uh, just at the time of COVID. And now it is a $4 billion valuation in 12 months. COVID happened. They thought, God, what's going to happen is be all the events are going to go virtual. What if we can create a virtual event that's going to look like an actual stage and we're going to create these <clears throat> avatars that are going to be sitting on the seat. We're going to create a massive arenas and that people can go speak at. And that simple idea that COVID happened, changed. And I think you and I talked about that <clears throat> in our last Clubhouse. And by the way, if anyone of you listening here who is not in Clubhouse, you really need to be in Rob's Clubhouse. I'm just telling you, the man is just absolute genius, an absolute genius here. And you and I talked about this uh, idea of when you start a company, uh, the, the, the actual uh, framework that I use for why this, why now, why me? And this part about why now is what I'm just talking about right now, is that what had changed in last one year that allows you to solve this problem today, what do you expect to happen in the next three to five years that allows you to solve the problem that is not solvable today? And I can give you an example of, I was talking to my friend Adam, uh, who started Siri, and it was just you know three years before Apple acquired them. And I was talking to him and he said, you know, you're building this stuff on a phone. Phone are not power. The phones are not even powerful enough for you to be able to actually analyze voice. Connectivity is so low that it, by the time you send the stuff to the server for it to be analyzed and come back, how would it even work? And he looks at me really funny. He said, what makes you think we are going to be ready for the next three years? And in three years, the connections is going to get faster, computing is going to get faster, phones are going to get faster, and it will work. And my point was, he was designing the technology that was going to be available three years from now, not today. And that's why when they hit that curve, Apple acquired them. And that is the power of actually understanding how exponential technologies move in a, at a pace that most human mind have very hard time understanding. And I think you and I talked about this idea of giving you a billion dollars, right? <laughs> Would you take, uh, <clears throat> if I were to say, hey, I'm going to give you $100 million today. So every entrepreneur listening to you, just think about it for a second. 
If I come to you and say, I'm going to give you $100 million right now, today, or for the next 30 days, I'm going to give you $1 today, $2 tomorrow, $4 next day, and literally double every day from the previous day. Only for 30 days. Most people say $1, $2, $4, screw that. I'll take the $100 million right now without realizing on day 30 that $1 is going to be $1 billion. And the day before that, it will be $500 million. And you would have lost up all that upside because human mind has a very difficult time understanding the power of doubling. And that is to the concept to find the technologies that are on exponential curve, like power of computing is going up. AI, how can you use the massive power of cloud computing, massive power of AI, massive power of to be able to digitize, whether it's a human body or really digitizing anything in the world, putting sensors in agriculture, putting sensors everywhere in the world, and you'll be able to solve problems that were never solvable before. You'll be able to predict this, uh, you know, the people have these spies trying to figure out every quarter what the Walmart sale is going to be. And some entrepreneur decided all they're going to do is to fly the drone on, on top of every Walmart score counting cars. And they could actually predict the amount of sale that Walmart is going to have that quarter. Beat every Wall Street estimates. Right? They knew exactly what was going on, simply the power of technology. Naveen, I have to ask you this, which is completely unrelated <laughs> to young entrepreneurs. Where do you get your passion, enthusiasm, and energy for? I know everyone's thinking this. And, you know, honestly, it comes from just loving life. And it doesn't matter. I get up every day at around 4 a.m. And I literally jump out of the bed with joy because there's so much in life that you need to do. And I think really just loving life as is, not loving life what it could be, not loving life what has been, Loving life as you are living it is what gives you energy, what gives you passion, what gives you an, a, you know this uh, energy. And it doesn't matter. When I go to bed, here's the beauty of it. At 9 p.m., I hit the pillow and I'm five minutes, I'm fast asleep. I don't have insomnia. It's just simply the fact I know as long as I'm uh, uh, awake, I am at the highest energy and I hit the pillow and I'm not going to rest. Right? And the energy comes when you doing things that you love. And I think, uh, I think this was another thing I think we touched last time was the best way to know if you are working on something that you care about or not, are you truly obsessed about it or not is when you wake up in the morning, if you don't jump out of the bed, whatever you're working on, you should quit that and find something until you get to a point where you really, really want to get up in the morning and jump out of the bed. Love it. So a couple of quick fire questions, maybe between two and four, Naveen. Um, I want to thank yeah. you in advance. I love spending time with you. Um, we're doing uh, clubhouse rooms uh, every Friday, certainly for the near future. Naveen and I have agreed that. So Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's exactly right. And that's 7 p.m. GMT. So we'll see you there to blow your mind away. So, Naveen, uh, best advice you can remember receiving and worst advice you can remember receiving? I think the best advice I ever received uh, from was my, from, uh, my uh, dad, who says, you know, you can never live a life where you think you are 99% honest. 
either you are honest or you are not. Because once you go down the slippery slope of 1% down, guess what? There always be a reason to get another percent down. So either you have to live a life of integrity or you don't. So never, ever compromise uh, your honesty, ever. Because once you do, there is no going back. And I think to me, that was the best advice I received. And if I look back at the young, uh, the, you know, the worst advice probably would have been uh, is that when people tell you that the things that you can't do because you come from a certain background or you have is, you know, because you are brown, because you are immigrant, because you don't have a, a great command of English language, because you don't communicate well, because you have a thick accent. And I, they always tell me, well, you know, you should really look at th doing things in engineering because your accent is going to get in your way of ever doing anything that's going to be outside. I'm saying, you know what? Here is the thing that, that Rav, I loved about that. I know this is a longer answer you wanted was that is being different is actually your advantage. When you talk, I could literally be typing email and I hear you just enough to be able to make a sense of what you're saying. When I'm speaking, if you don't give me 100% of your attention, you're not getting a word of what I'm saying. So <laughs> when I'm speaking, everyone gives me 100% of their attention, <laughs> not 99% of their attention. Yeah, that's great. I think people forget there's always an upside, isn't there? I was yeah. I was speaking to Nolan Bushnell, who you'll probably know, founded Atari, and he yeah. says, I always embrace weirdness. I love employing weird people, crazy people, because there's a big upside to all your quirks. So I think that's a great answer. Okay, a couple more. Is there anything that you've quite recently changed your mind about that you used to strongly believe? You know, I uh, so first thing I used to believe was that, you know, uh, if you ask me 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, solving the tough problem, the big problems are so much harder and, we, you know, it takes it, uh, it will be difficult for anyone to take a shot at it. And now I actually have come to the conclusion, as you know, that solving a bigger problem is easier than solving a smaller problem because you get the best and the brightest from the world to come and join you. The most amount of money pours into you because you're doing something really audacious. So I think that's one thing I've really learned over the last decade that has fundamentally changed my life. Wow, that's amazing. Right. I'm going to get rid of my last question because I'd like to spend a couple of minutes, Naveen, you telling us about your grand vision. I know you've got Viome. I know you've got a, a really meaningful purpose. So could you tell us about that? Yeah, so I think, uh, thanks, Rob. So Rob, currently I'm working on this thing called Viome and with a fundamental belief that we as humanity can actually prevent and reverse chronic diseases. And when I say chronic diseases, I really mean cancer autoimmune diseases, obesity, diabetes, heart diseases, depression, anxiety, Parkinson's anxiety, uh, Parkinson's and, uh, and uh, Alzheimer's, right? And all of these diseases are fundamentally the disease of our lifestyle. We are not born with them. They're not genetic. So anyone who tells you that your DNA actually is the one that governs them is completely lying. More, no more than 5% of your genes actually are fully penetrant. That means they're guaranteed to have a disease. Everything else is actually a lifestyle. You can control them. That means by the diet you eat, by the environment you live in, the stress that you put yourself under, all these things change what you call epigenetics, your gene expression. And that is literally what happens. So we figured out that what if the food is a medicine? So what we do is when you go to ym.com, you can sign up. 
we analyze your body to tell you what is going on inside your body, what your immune health looks like, what your mitochondrial health looks like, what your gut health looks like. We tell you what are the foods you should eat and why, specifically just for you, not for someone else, what foods you should avoid and why, what nutrients your body is missing and in the precise doses that you need them. And we actually make those ingredients in a capsule just for you that day. And all of that, in fact, we retest every six months to show you it's not a fate. You can see your body improving. We can predict before you have a disease and we can actually show you you're moving away from the disease rather than moving towards it. So to me, we need help here. We need 2 million people to sign up so we can have enough data about all different diseases so we can solve this problem. So everyone who is listening to it, if you can help me with my moonshot, all I can promise you is I'll dedicate my life to solving this problem. I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. I don't want anybody to lose their loved ones to any cancer, any of the diseases. So I want 2 million people to come and join us so that we can solve this problem. So anyone who's listening to it, please go to wyom.com and help me out. And I promise you that our, our children and our grandchildren will be better off because of what you did today. So I'm definitely going there after this. So um, Ben, could you put it in the comments, please? Um, so it's V-I-O-M-E dot com, correct? Yes. Yep. yes, so we, yes we right. put, uh, that's an M. That's it. You got it, Ben. Right. That's in, in the comments, Naveen. Also, this is going to be an evergreen event. So I'm going to continue to offer this event out to the world and raise money for the foundations. So hopefully we can help you with that mission. Thanks a lot, Rob. And if anything I can do for any entrepreneur listening to here or anyone, uh, Rob, any help you need in your mission, you know you have a partner in me. I will do everything I can to help you do your mission. And, you know, in fact, we have to realize if we can help each other with which our missions, together the humanity will be better because we're all supporting each other. We need like-minded people to come together. So you can count me in. And every entrepreneur who is listening to it, Please find me any, on any social media and I will always answer the questions for you. So find me on Instagram, find me on Rob's Clubhouse or find me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'll be there for you. And, and oh my God, I see Pete here. Yeah, Pete's here as well. Oh. Um, Pete, just before I go, I want to make sure everyone can follow Naveen. So is it just your name on all the social media, Naveen? Naveen Jen. Naveen Jen. Yeah. yeah. So Ben, if you can put that in the comments, N-A-V-E-E-N-J-A-I-N. That's it, Naveen Jain. Just so everyone can follow you um, on social media. Right. Uh, Naveen, thank you very much. I, I love you. I think you're fantastic. Thank you, I'll see you we'll in Clubhouse. We'll see you on Friday. And yeah. thanks, Pete. Thanks a lot for being part of this Young Entrepreneur Summit. Thank oh, you. It's a pleasure. Thank it's a pleasure. Naveen, I just, you know, when you said, uh, when I interviewed you, you said about the sky's the limit. Your mum always said the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Just tell us very briefly, but that's not true, right? That's right. And I think that's really the thing when even the people who love us the most, they actually set the limit for us. And they say sky is the limit without realizing the sky is nothing but a figment of our imagination. When you go from here to the moon, you don't call mom and say, hey, mom, I just passed the sky. The sky doesn't exist. It is simply we create these limits for ourselves. And just every time when you say, I cannot do that, just remember that sky doesn't exist. You created that sky for yourself.